0: It's been a great year, uh, and we're finishing up our series uh, called "The Seven Habits of God First Christian." I understand children are in here, and so we're, we're, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak for two hours like I normally do. Uh, but uh, uh, this is the capstone uh, of of what Peter uh, lists as the seven habits of a God first Christian. The last one is love. The first one was faith and goodness, then knowledge, then uh, uh, self control, then godliness and perseverance, and these things. But they're all culminated in Love. I want, to lead, I want to lead off by saying this. This is from C.S. Lewis, and he says this. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, keeping your heart intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But it will change in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers of love is hell. And I can think of no greater demonstration of that love, of that wanting to be vulnerable, than the Son of God at Christmas time. Think about it. How many kings would come live as a peasant? I'm not talking temporarily, I'm talking for the entire of his life. None. Yet the Son of God, the King of kings, left heaven to come here to be vulnerable. Did he risk being rejected? Yes. Was he rejected? Yes. Did he risk being hurt? Yes. Was he hurt? Yes. Did he risk being killed and executed? Yes. Was he killed and executed? Yes, he was. Guys, to love is to be vulnerable. And our culture today has no idea what love is. We think love is this emotion that makes you feel good, and when you don't feel good, you don't love them anymore. I compare that to an adrenal gland. We all have adrenal glands. I'm thankful for my adrenal glands. Some of my best friends have adrenal glands. And I'm sure that many times they've gotten me through things. But you know what, guys, I'm a lot more thankful for my heart because my adrenal glands give me a quick burst and then it's done. We were never meant to live. Our, Our adrenal glands were never meant to sustain us. They're never meant to to, to keep us alive. Our hearts keep us alive. See, our hearts keep serving. When we're having good days, we're having bad days, where where we're feeling great, we're feeling badly. When we're successful, when we're failing, our hearts keep serving. And guys, I want to shift our understanding of love from adrenal glands, the shot, the feeling, to the service and the undying service, day in, day out. That's what love is more like. It's more like your heart than it is your adrenal glands, and our, our culture doesn't understand that. For some reason, we listen to sports personalities and media uh, Mongols and, and uh, moguls and Hollywood actors who are the worst people at love on the face of the planet. How many of you all would love to have a marriage like people in Hollywood? Not one, but we listen to them. We compare our lives to them. We listen to what they think is important as they shout out what love really is. We listen to them and we don't even look at their lives, which are a complete wreck. Why don't we look at the couple that's been married 50, 60 years, who've weathered storm after storm, who've learned how to forgive each other, Why don't we look at that as love? Why don't we look at people who live lives of sacrifice, sacrificing so their children will will have what they need, and sacrificing their wants and their needs for the betterment of other people and calling that love? Why don't we hold that up as what love is? That's what this culture needs, and that's exactly what Jesus gave us at Christmas, love. The Apostle Paul wrote about what love really is, and I would love to shout this after every movie, after every song I hear, I love to shout this. And it's, it's more than just something you hear at weddings. It's the truth. And without love, Paul writes this, without love, nothing else matters. We turn to First Corinthians 13, 1 through 4. He says this, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Listen to me. If you do not love people, if you are not a a radical lover of people, if you have no care, no compassion, you do not want what is better for other people, I don't care how smart you are, how talented you are, you are a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. We all know how annoying those are. That's what Paul is saying here, and I agree with it. Uh, People don't know care how much you know until they know how much you care. Truth of this here. If I have gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have uh, faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Paul writes this. This is the Paul who was able to heal people. This was the, the, the Paul that was able to perform miracle after miracle. He's, just, he's saying, none of those matter if I don't love. He said, I would rather be a lover of people than a miracle worker. He says this. He goes on, if I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. In other words, the only thing that matters is love as God defines it. That's it. And people, I'm telling you today, it does not matter how dedicated, how faithful you are. It does not matter how much scripture you can quote. It does not matter how many mission trips you go. It does not matter how much you give. All that matters, really, is how much you love people and how much you love God. That's what he is saying here. Without love, nothing else matters. And I found that to be true. Love is the king, the crowning achievement of God. Love is the fullest fullest goal of the Christian, to be a radical lover of people. That's one of the things that I've noticed I've been Being a pastor for 23 years, I've been able to see people who have moved from being non-Christian to Christian. I've seen a lot of people get baptized. I've seen a lot of people accept Christ and, become, and, 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 and throw off their old sins. But you know what always amazes me the most is how bitter, angry, divisive, selfish people, when they become followers of Christ, become people. Who love others. The bitterness melts away. The anger, the entitlement that dominates so much of our non Christian lives just melts away. And we begin caring about people without water in India. We begin, ca- begin caring about impoverished kids in Pineville, Kentucky, that nobody else cares about because of the love that Jesus puts in our hearts. Without love, nothing else matters. And then Paul goes on to tell us what love is not. He says, love is patient, love is kind. And then he goes and tells us what love is not. Now think about this. As I'm reading this, I want you to do something for me. I want you, instead of the words love, I want you to say your name. Not your name, literally. Come on, people. All right. You know what I'm saying. Instead of saying love is patient, love is kind, say David is patient. David is kind. And I want you to read this scripture in the first person. And I want this to become who you are this Christmas season. It says this, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Those are the things love is not. Now, if you are a person that does those things, the scripture is telling you today that you do not have love. You do not live a life of love. The Lord has not filled you with love yet. So I'm going to read this in the first person. And I want you to read it out loud with me, but put instead of it, say your name. Follow along with me, please. Dave does not envy, David does not boast, David is not proud. David does not dishonor others. David is not self-seeking. David is not easily angered. David keeps no record of wrongs. Now, I want to ask you a question. Since you just read that out loud with me, did you just lie in church on Sunday? On Christmas Day, did you just lie? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, then, people, if you did, and I think we all did, I think it's time to repent And I think it's time to ask Jesus, Lord, this thing called love, I've been going about it all wrong. You want me to be a radical lover of people. That's what happens when we become Christians. You know what happens when you get into the baptistry? You don't just get your head wet. You know what actually happens? You know what actually happens when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ? Yes, he cleanses you of your sins, and he serves you a place in heaven. Absolutely, yes, and that's, a, that's an amazing truth. But you know what really happens? He changes you into someone who can radically and amazingly and supernaturally love And that's my dream, pastoring a church full of people that just know how to radically and sacrificially love people. That's what he does. Love is not those things. Then he tells us what love is in 1 Corinthians thirteen seven. This is what we are, people. Love, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. The four things that love always does. Now I want you to do this again with me. I want you to read this but put your name in there for it. Okay? Let's read it out loud together. David always protects. David always trusts. David always hopes. David always perseveres. So the first thing that love does, it protects. It protects. What does it protect? It protects the hearts of other people. It protects the, the uh, uh it sacrifices so that people in danger or people that are marginalized or people that are, are, are being shut away, that we protect them. We take care of people who cannot take care of themselves. We sacrifice our comfort for their goodness, goodwill. That is what it protects. The first thing love does is it protects we're protectors. When Jesus enters into us and, and, and he changes us from our selfish, bitter ways, the first thing he turns us into is protectors. And I'm gonna to speak to the men here. Men, we are protectors. That's how God designed us. Why do you think God made you stronger than the women in your life? Why do you think God made you taller, more aggressive, Why do you think he made you that way? Was it so you could force your will on people? No, it's so you could protect, so you could stand between the the people and the world and say, you don't get it, my family, or my wife, or my children, except through me. That is why he made you the way he did. He made you a protector. And men, when we are at our best, we are defending those who cannot defend themselves. And if you're a man and that did not stir your heart, I'm asking Jesus to raise you from the dead. That's exactly the way we were designed. We weren't designed bigger and stronger with more testosterone and everything so that we could force our way on people. That's what an immature child does. Real men defend and protect because we love those we protect. Second thing that love does, it trusts, and this is going to make you very, very vulnerable. To trust is to make yourself vulnerable. To trust is to uh, to to open yourself up to being let down, to being betrayed. Let's see, did Jesus do that? Hmm. I think one of the most famous betrayers in history did it to Jesus, his friend Judas. He opened himself up to being betrayed, and you say, well, I'm never going to do that again. I've been hurt too many times. I'm not going to trust anyone. Well, enjoy being alone because trust is the foundation of everything. Love always trusts, and that is why it is so difficult. We We cannot do that in our own power. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, give me the strength to trust because love always trusts. The third thing love does always hopes. Love always believes the best about the people around us. There's such a cynicism and such a bitterness in in our country right now. We don't believe the best about people. We believe the worst about people, but we need to allow Jesus to change that so we believe the best about the people around us, about the people in our family, the people in our church. We believe the best because it's always hopeful. That's what love always does, it always hopes. fourth thing is that love always perseveres. Jesus said one of the saddest things in scripture was that because of the increase in wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. People will stop persevering in love. And he says he who stands firm to the end will be saved, and the love always perseveres. Do not let your hearts grow cold. Do not let your hearts grow embittered. Allow the Holy Spirit of God, of Jesus, to enter in and say, turn, to, to, to turn your heart into, lover, into a lover, into someone who's persevering in love, Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. The final, amazing, the pinnacle trait of a Christian is that of a lover. So if you have never allowed Jesus to truly enter into you, this is how you'll know. You're not a lover of people. You don't radically love people. You're self-centered. You do as little as you possibly can to kind of keep the peace. But you don't really love people. Until you are a radical lover, self-sacrificing lover of people, you have not experienced the fullness of Jesus Christ. Because that is what he does. You know, I would take someone who truly knew how to love people over someone who could walk on water. Why? Because the person who truly loves people is the person who will really do great things in this world. You all, this has been a great year. This has been an amazing year for our church. It's been an amazing year for the families here. And I pray that as you go out today and celebrate all the Christmas uh, stuff with your family, and as, as you do that, I pray that you will keep in the back of your mind, Lord, make me into a radical lover of people not just with my words, with my actions, with my life. And I tell you, you know the first person you need to start with, yourself. When Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbors yourself, you know there are actually three commands. Love God, and love people as you love yourself. I wonder if that second statement was more an observation than a command because I think we do typically love others to the extent we love ourselves. And if you meet someone that can't love other people, usually they can't love themselves. So the first person today you need to start loving is yourself, realize that you are made in God's image, that God doesn't make junk, that he spent time on you and he died for you and he, has, and, and he will transform you into the person he originally meant you to be if you'll only let him. Start with yourself. And then let's start with our, then let's move to our families, the people we live with. Let's become radical lovers of the people and our own home. Forgive whoever needs to be forgiven. Say a kind word, whoever needs a kind word. Be encouraging to whoever needs to be encouraged. Start with our homes. Let's get our homes in order, ourselves and our homes in order. And then let's extend to the church. Let's love the people that we fellowship with in church, that we worship with. Let's love them. If, any, if there are any conflicts or any, any arguments or anything, forgive it. And become lovers of people. And then let's let that move out to our community, to our places of business. Let's begin loving the people we see in the supermarket, loving the people we see at work, our coworkers, the people that desperately need love. Let's let, let, let's just let's just counter this bitterness, this entitlement, and this anger that seems so prevalent. And let's just counter it with love, being the kind of people that Jesus wants us to be. That's what we need to do. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for coming this morning. You've been a blessing and an encouragement. You're amazing. Go enjoy this amazing Christmas day. Love you. See you next Sunday. Bye-bye.